Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. That's all working. Hi, everybody. Russell, my hammer's 11. I hope you're all safe and well. If you're new to the channel, please consider subscribing and hit that bell icon so you don't miss any content we have coming up. Obviously, we have videos going up daily, but say, you know, we beat a team 4 0. I might put two videos on, for example. It doesn't happen very often, granted, but you never know. So make sure you hit that bell so you don't miss any of any stories. Everyone we interview, every guest, every memory, every player. Um, they're all personal stories. I won't miss any of the content we have coming up. Lots of great guests, including today's guest. You'll know him, co-chair of Pride of Irons. It's Jim Dolan. Hi, Jim. How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm all right. Thanks. How you doing? Yeah, I'm not bad. I'm not bad. Um, how is sort of lockdown treating you? How's it been not having football for so long? And it's never the plethora of games we have now. I've got to be honest, I'm one of the, the few people who um, who's really enjoying lockdown, if I'm honest. Yeah. Uh, I've... I, you know, I commute into Canary Wharf usually every day. Um, so I'm saving about two and a half hours a day total on travel. Yeah. I'm not having to you know, wear suits and dress up all the time. <laughs> um, it's only us two here in the house. We've got a back garden. So I realise we're in a, in a privileged position. Yeah. But I've actually really enjoyed it. I'd like, um, once this is over, to do a little bit less of the commuting. As for football, um, I've got to be honest, I have actually enjoyed the little break. Yeah. Not having to be stressed about West Ham for a little while. It's been nice. I mean, to be honest, yeah. since the weekend, you know, that 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 it's hard not to be cheerful about that. But then Villa and Bournemouth had to go and spoil it, didn't they? Just prolonging the agony, isn't it, for West Ham? You know, we, we never, you know, we always like a bit of drama, don't we? So, you know, if we, you know, we, as I said, said to you before we recorded, when we used to moan about finishing 10th, you know, it's like, what can I do with that now? To I honestly remember, I remember the frustration of the, the Kerbishley years and how angry, because like, you know, football fans can get angry about yeah. the stupidest thing. And I was furious, <laughs> but please take me back there. I could do with that this season. Yeah, I know. I know what you mean about lockdown. It's been, um, it's been nice. It's like the door shuts, kind of. It's been nice having that sort of, when it comes to the weekend, I'm a bit lazy, to be honest. And like, you know, you know, like when it's a weekend, you know, my wife, and my daughter, we've got to do something. Let's go shopping. Uh, let's go to the seaside. And for the past three months, we haven't been able to do anything. So I've been literally, it's been. <laughs> that's a new perspective. That's not one that I've heard before. 
and you're right the commute i mean i, I go to farringdon every day so um yeah and actually what you know in a weird way it means that you might be you know people have got more uh employees have got more idea about working from home and you know the infrastructure and stuff so hopefully it means that everyone has a bit of better work-life balance i think that's that's the getting very yeah, deep we're talking, talking about about we're talking about it and and honestly i think it's going to have a massive effect oh yeah um, yeah you want to get even deeper if you knock off the amount of uh corporate real estate rent prices will go down in london hopefully you know there'll be more residential people will be able to afford to live closer to mm. the wonderful olympic stadium yeah <laughs> anyway football sorry anyway football anyway football um but yeah i mean this channel came out of that sort of whole like whole sort of you know lockdown in that that people were missing football i was missing football to be honest not other people i was missing it um and and we started it and we just it's all nostalgic so it's not really about thinking about the current team there's hundreds of youtube um people out there talking about the current state of the team and stuff like that we talk about nostalgia and all about memories and i think that's why people quite enjoy it um and what the first question I ask everyone, Jim, is when they come on, is is why West Ham? Why is West Ham your club? How did it start? Okay, do you want to hear a really depressing story? Yes. I, I could be supporting a club right now that's fighting for Champions League, has quality players, a lovely new stadium. But instead, I decided to go against every single member of my family. <laughs> <laughs> so all of all of my family supports first, yeah. like all of them. Um, my dad, all of his brothers, um, my my brother, my sisters, on my mum's side, all of her family, they all support Spurs. Um, I just, if I'm honest, I just hated football for most of my childhood, well, all of my childhood. But dad tried to get me into it as insofar as he bought me a Spurs shirt, yeah. um, which then he was he was quite a small guy, so he didn't <clears throat> ended up nicking it. Excuse <laughs> me, frogging my throat. That's how I feel when I talk about Tottenham gyms. <clears throat> there you go, yeah, gagging. <laughs> So he ended up nicking it and wearing it all the time. And because yeah. he smoked um, roll-ups, like the the, the ash would drop off like and burn little holes in it. So I think that was kind of a like a prophecy for me to not like football. But when I was a kid, and I, I, I should really look up the, the year of this game so I can figure out how old I was. I was quite young. Uh, my uncle took me to White Hart Lane to watch my first ever football match. So my first match was a Spurs match. Yeah. Um, and it was against Southampton. And um, my, my uncle bought me like a little Spurs hat and a little Spurs scarf and a little Enjoy. Spurs like rosette thing. He bought me all of yeah, this yeah. crap. And um, <laughs> I sat there and I weren't really interested anyway. Um, but I was the old, I'm the oldest um, like you know, kid on that side of the family. Yeah, so yeah. I think my uncle thought, oh yeah, I'll take him on we call. Um, I wasn't really interested anyway. Didn't like it, didn't like the atmosphere. And Southampton smashed three past Spurs. <laughs> so... I was sort of sitting there, not enjoying it. My uncle went, do you want to go? And I went, yeah, if we, if you don't mind. So we left. And just as we yeah. went outside, there was this massive roar as Spurs scored their only goal. Oh, so I think, no. that, I think that was the nail in the coffin there to yeah, say, yeah, yeah. this ain't for you. This really ain't for you. <laughs> See, I, I, I absolutely hate football. I wasn't a sporty kid at school at all. Yeah. Um, and then when I was in my 20s, um, my mates used to go and play every Saturday morning over Beckton just uh, having a kick about just yeah. like for a laugh and I got dragged along basically because my flatmate couldn't drive so <laughs> that's the only reason I, went. <laughs> I was shit I was absolutely shit I was embarrassingly bad in fact one time when I was in defense uh, a guy uh, took a shot at goal whacked it so hard smashed me straight in the face and I went blind in one eye for a week like, I was appalling <laughs> 
They actually burst all the blood vessels in my eye and my pupils was full of blood, so I couldn't see. Oh, so no. <laughs> it was appalling. But um, we went on the um, FA Cup run where we ended up at the Millennium Stadium playing the uh, final against Liverpool. Yeah. And this during this time, we were playing football in the morning and then going back to my mate's house in Beckton and, and watching the games. And I just got sucked into it. Like, I'd always hated football, everything about it. Um, but just watching my mates, just the excitement, the just, and they weren't the thing that I'd always in my mind associate with football was kind of like aggression. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But they weren't aggressive. They were excited. They were upbeat. They were screaming at the telly. But it was all like enthusiasm rather than like being aggro. Yeah. Um, and also, yeah, the little I did know about football was that I knew West Ham weren't very good. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, okay, so this is kind of the underdog here doing well. I can get behind yeah. this. And essentially, um, I just caught up, got caught up in the whirlwind of, of, of the whole thing. Um, and the fact that, you know, my mates were quite honest with me. They're like, oh, yeah, you know, the, the, this player is not particularly good, but he works really hard for us. And yeah. I was like, yeah, this, this sounds wicked. So uh, my mate's mum actually worked at West Ham at the time um, in the ticket office. And she had sort of like friends and family allocation for the yeah. semi-final. And he said, oh, who wants to go? And I said, oh, I want to go. And um, he got the tickets. And he said, you know, oh, we're so-and-so, Brett, I've got yours, Rob, I've got yours. And I thought, what about mine? And he went, oh, you're serious? I thought you were taking the piss. It's like, oh, come on, mate, what, what the fuck? So I didn't get to go. Obviously, we made it to the final, and I was like, right, I want a ticket. I'm making it very clear now. I want a ticket. <laughs> so my first ever West Ham game was the FA Cup final. Fucking hell. Um, <laughs> which, which was just amazing. And obviously, that really long training journey to Cardiff, yeah. Um, the, the pure drama of, of the game, uh, watching that Koncheski cross that just somehow turned into a shot. And you, we were behind the goal, so you just saw the, the net just cushion out of the side and everyone just went yeah. mental. Um, and, and after, and I think the thing that really sealed my love for West Ham or, or, or wanting to carry on going was afterwards walking back to the station, despite the fact we'd lost, there was a lot of honour in that defeat. Yeah. And, yeah. and there was a lot of um, upbeat West Ham fans. And there was actually more miserable faces on Liverpool fans. And maybe it's just Very because true. they had to make their way home or whatever. Yeah. But, or maybe because they were nearly, you know, turned over by little old West Ham. <laughs> but there was something about that that just, just sealed it in me. And the next season, I went to as many games as I could. And then the following season, that was my first season. I had a season ticket and I have done it ever since. Oh, wow. That ain't a bad first game. <laughs> you know, most most people get you know. I don't know, like kids. I mean, I've not seen one that, that good since. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, most people get know, Knox County in in the in the third round of the of the Rumbelows Cup or whatever. But yeah, the FA Cup final, and and as you said, and I totally yeah, that was the weirdest game because you left, and as you said, it was almost like every Liverpool fan you saw walking back was like, you, you should have won that, and it was like, yeah, we should have. You know, it was like, you know, we interviewed like Shaka the other day. And Shaka was talking about that 2006 FA Cup final, thinking, you know, he's like, should have won it, should have won it. And he's like, he's still, he's still, he's, he's adamant we should have still won it. And we should have. But uh, it's the West Ham way, isn't it, Jim? As you know, that's that's what we do. We, we, we rise so high. <laughs> yeah, rise so high. I don't know how high we've risen. No, but the, the other thing, just quickly about that game that I liked, is before the game, we were um, out drinking in a bar with Liverpool fans. And the the camaraderie between them, but also with us, it was it, that that you know again that that kind of football thing. Oh, football fans are aggro and all the rest of it. I think that 
really t- changed my mind in that regard mm. because all the fans were mixing and there was just a lot of sort of mutual respect going around the place, which I, I, re- I really liked. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I mean, you know, I, I preferred Cardiff as a destination for finals. I, I think Wembley's great for being Wembley, but there's nothing round there, is there? You have to jump on like Liverpool Street and then and then go back to Stratford, and you know where where you said it was a two and you know, I don't know two and a half hour drive to Cardiff. You know, at the bridge, it was all the cars, all the ribbons, all the West Ham lot, and like the way they just divided the city in half. This was this was West Ham's bit. This was Liverpool's bit, and there was like loads of bars it was just like it was just a different i just found it's it like more a than festival a like a, a yeah, carnival totally, almost totally and i think and i just think you, you lose that and obviously you know wembley's wembley but it's you know it, and yeah some people draw parallels to obviously upton parts london stadium in that because you know you've got the sort of london the upton part was in the middle of everything weren't it whereas london stadium it's all, it's all out a little bit a bit like you know a bit like wembley where it's out in this very corporate wembley way there's nothing there um but uh no yeah i used to love cardiff and i thought it was great fun i used to it was, i had the same car park space three years in a row um because we were there three years in a row exactly the same car park space and we only won once so that's not too bad um that's not bad for us then so obviously since then jim obviously been seen to get Hold ever since. Um, obviously, doing all the stuff for Pride of Irons and stuff. You know, any sort of highlights that sort of hitting your, it sort of come to mind when you think about your sort of your, your West Ham fan career so far? Anything exciting that might be a bit different than other people? Um, I just, I guess for me, I mean, this is the part where I, you know, I said to you before, I'm not sure how many people want to hear what I have to say because it's, it's very niche, but for me, seeing the way football has changed yeah. um, in regards to stuff like, you know, LGBT rights, but also looking at the, the Black Lives Matters movement. Now, totally. I think football is often slow to reflect the changes we see in society. Mm. Um, and it feels like we're entering a time where it's catching up or maybe society is going backwards. I don't know. Um, but just, you know, from where we started as a, as a little Twitter account off the back of an incident that I witnessed um, at Upton Park into a year of kind of constantly bombarding the club with emails and stuff like that and eventually getting in the door and speaking to them, setting the whole thing up um, to where we are now. It's it's such a journey, but it's not just yeah. us, you know, looking around at other clubs as well, um, just seeing how uh, people are embracing uh, yeah. diversity and stuff. I think it's. I think it's a, a really. I don't know. It's just. It's. It's beyond my wildest dreams to think that I started supporting West Ham off the back of you know hanging around with mates watching football in the afternoon after hating football for most of my life, yeah. and now this has kind of happened, and it's yeah. gained so much momentum of its own, which I'm really proud of. It's, yeah. You know, tend to um, turn to me as, and and this is people within Pride of Irons as well, or my or my own committee, or my my co-chair. So, oh, you know, Jim, you must be so proud of this. So yeah, mm. I am, but I'm proud of us because I didn't do this. All I did was kind of knock the first domino, and the others yeah. have just kind of built up the the, the momentum themselves. Um, and it's amazing. Yeah, it's 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 the little community that we've got. Then it's not just about. I think people always think, oh, it's about homophobia, or it's about putting rainbows up in the stadium. It's not. It's about some, yeah, providing support yeah. to fellow fans and saying, you know, we're here for you. Um, and there's a lot of stories that we you have know, personal stories. People have told us how it's changed um, their attitude towards football. Mm. People have always loved football, but didn't want to go 
people didn't feel comfortable going who have now got season tickets yeah. it may it may feel like a small thing in the grand scheme of the world but if you do little things to change people's lives in a positive way i think you know i I've, I've, yeah, I feel like I've, I've contributed in a positive, in a positive yeah. way to the world, you know? Yeah, no, totally. It makes perfect sense. And you said, you know, in, you know, even more, I mean, obviously diversity is, is now, it's it's front and centre now, isn't it? In terms of, you know, where it was almost not an afterthought, but now it's literally in, you know, it's in front of everyone, you know, Black Lives Matter and stuff like that in terms of everything that that sort of has, has helped bring across. No, I totally get it. I totally get it. And, and you're right. It, football does always seem to be a bit slower um, to react than than sort of the, the the wider community. But even more so in lockdown, you know, obviously you guys providing support to people who need it, um, even if it's a, a message here, a Facebook message, a, you know, a tweet um a little text message it's not not just obviously the pride of irons but all what i'm seeing all the communities all the Absolutely, western community yeah. stuff and it's really really brought everyone together in in the wrong way obviously it's horrible what's happened but actually i think it's brought us together as a as, as a community better the western community definitely. yeah definitely and, and, and i want to give a quick shout out to my co-chair joe all of my committee are amazing but joe yeah. is absolutely fantastic because since she's come on board she's been getting the the western women supporters involved she's Brilliant. been setting up zoom meetings for our um supporters who are you know it's all over the country but also all over the world like you know like you said providing that little bit of extra support so we've got our whatsapp and all the rest of it but she's doing like zoom meetings like two you know, once or twice a week to give people you know that, that little bit of face time a bit of community feel so big shout out to joe you're a legend yeah, joe, no, if you're watching this Absolutely awesome. Though. Of course, you'll be watching. Of course, Joe, we watching. I mean, it's, it's. I mean, I've seen it more than anything because obviously, I before I've started this, I, you know, I'll be honest, I wasn't part of any of the communities. I kept myself, kept myself to myself. To be honest, you know, sort of working for the club for like, you know. 18 19 seasons sort of like you know kept myself to the self didn't really integrate really but um since lockdown doing this you know it's not just from all all over the world all all fans i've got some great friends now from the last six seven weeks who i would never have spoken to before and the only thing we have in common is we support is it's for west ham it's men misery i know it is we all share the same misery you know, through thick and not thick and thin, through, through thin and very, very rarely thick. But um, but it's true, and, and it's funny how West Ham sort of gets into your fabric, as you said. You know, you hadn't, you hadn't, didn't, you didn't like football in two thousand six. Just started quite creeping <laughs> in, and now it's like you know, you're in, you're in, and everything you do, you think. Even I mean, you just do the same when you're looking at work. And like obviously before lockdown, and you've got like a meeting at five o'clock, and it's like for a Wednesday game. Oh, night game I had a six Ooh. o'clock meeting the other night, so I'd, I had West Ham on my laptop, on my personal <laughs> laptop, whilst I was on a Zoom call with the head of strategy and change at my at my work. And I was like, and, and I told him as well. Like, By the way, that's just down there in the corner. <laughs> You take glasses off, you can't see the reflection of the TV on your glasses. That's what I always oh, so with, with pride of eyes as well, and and like other bits and bobs, like it, it, feel, it starts to feel like a second job. So, yeah, in a way, that that you know, 2006 was the one of the biggest pivot points in my life, and I had no oh, idea. Yeah, no, totally. Although, I can't to be honest, I can't keep up with the football schedule at the moment. So, you know, I'll, I'll look at my phone, there's been three games on. And I was like, how have they happened? I don't, you know, it's six o'clock. I kind of like it though. It's, it's, I, look, I it's do like cool. it. Yeah, I do look at it. We go, what game's on today? Rather than is there football on today? Who's playing today? You already know. But it's the it's the Wednesday games. That, I mean, we've had a lot of Wednesday games. We had like last week when it was six o'clock. I just couldn't get my head around it. You know, I was owned by half eight on a Wednesday night. I walked in, my wife went, what are you doing here? 
Um, you got is the game being called off? I went, no, six o'clock kickoff. You know, I just, you just can't comprehend with these times. And it's like yesterday, the, that Wolves game, not the Wolves game, the Bournemouth game at seven o'clock kickoff. Just weird on a Sunday, but uh, doesn't matter. Only a couple more weeks, and then then we'll see what happens. Yeah. Don't know when no no one knows what's going to happen afterwards, but we'll say, and hopefully we get starting to get people back in September. They reckon that's September twelfth, really, yeah, which is good. Which is good because it is weird, you know. I, I've been to some, I've been to some games, uh, under twenty three games at the, at the stadium where there's been like two hundred people, and yeah, it's quiet. But this is weird. I, I, I mean, I, I, I quite enjoy it because I sit there on my own and no one, no one bothers me. But it is weird. And I, I like it weird. actually. You know, you've got the option of listening with the fake crowd. Yeah, where that, do you stand without, on that? Without it, I yeah. really like it. I really like hearing the players like shout to each other. It's just, <laughs> I think, because it's something completely new. And yeah. I'm like, well, I always wondered what they shout to each other on the pitch yeah. and how they go to each other. Go so on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's so true. It's so. Right, so what I'm impressed with, like, as the, for the sound, the sound, the crowd sound stuff. Yeah. Whoever's doing that, like, well done to him because, like, the Olays the other day, like, I was like, come on, man, like, who who thought to to put that in there? And and yeah. is there some guy sitting there literally like waiting for you know tapping on it? And I was thinking, I'm waiting for him to like hold on it to go. Ole. Like, it's, it's impressive. It's so it must true. Be busy it- though. It is. I mean, they took obviously they nicked more FIFA, weren't it? FIFA twenty, because um, they got all the all the crowd. I, yeah. And I'm, yeah, I'm really impressed. I think it's really cool. Sometimes if you're if it's a second delay, I find it quite funny as well because it's like the ball's gone and go, like, ooh, you know, it's like just it's, it's it just yeah. catches itself up. But I miss it when I go back to the stadium. Where, where do you stand? Go on. So go on. Oh, so when I when I'm at the back at the stadium, so like on Friday when I'm back there, I have to switch on Sky Sports because I need that crowd noise now i can't i don't like it and they're on my own it's like <laughs> where do you where do you stand on the um the, the game obviously the game of the weekend norwich um when the final whistle went and the, the sound engineer obviously started pressing the boo button because there are loads of yeah. um, boo down. i thought that was a bit oh come on man there's no one there you don't need to put the boot in <laughs> to boo them. well i know i know i know it's um yeah, I think, well, it's fair enough. I mean, you know, it's like, uh, I mean, the trouble is, it's the same as if I, if I was losing 4-0 on a FIFA game at home, I'd be booed off the pitch by the, you know, by the, by the, by the, uh, the AI on there. But uh, no, yeah, it's, it's weird. But it's weird. I mean, we have to do gold music and stuff as well. So at the moment, which I've, I've, I've always been a really a purist against gold music. Very Reading, isn't it? Yeah, but we, we you know, kind of like it because I just think it gives something. But it's always the trouble is now with VAR, you play the goal. So we, the first time I played the goal music was when Suchek scored the goal against Chelsea, and then it was chalked off. It's like, well, that's that's fucking worth it, isn't it? You know, it's like it's been disallowed, but uh, is what it is. We'll get there. We'll get through it. Three more to go, and we'll see what happens. Um, right, Jim. Let's let's talk about this eleven, the Hammers eleven. That's the whole point of the bloody channel. Um, okay. So the idea is. We pick, you know, it's your 11. Um, you can pick whoever you want. Doesn't As long as they played for West Ham, obviously. Um, that'd be a bit weird if you didn't. Um, but the only rule is you have to be alive to have seen them play. Now, for you, obviously, probably from about 2006 onwards. It's probably your your yep. you know, your your fan career, so to speak. But that is Coolio. Right. So um, we'll try and keep it to a four four two as well. Um, just because, actually, you do whatever you want now, to be honest. I'm getting quite... Softer meld age, to be honest. Now, um, so if we go for goalie, who is in goal for the for the gym eleven? Okay, right. So my my team is I'm calling it the gave a shit eleven. 
All right. So I'm not going by um, skill or flair or speed or none of that shit. Right. Who cared? That, that, that's kind of what I'm going Agreed. with. Okay. So um, in goal, then in the give a shit 11, obviously for me, it's Adrian. Now, I did, I yep. did think about Green for quite a while, but I think he's very calm and composed and then doesn't show it a lot. I think Adrian showed how much he gave a shit. I know what you mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, So, you know, obviously there's the iconic taking off the gloves, which I think regardless of anything else, that secures him in a Hall of Fame somewhere. Yeah. That was just absolutely brilliant. But you could always see that the, I don't know, it was like the the fiery Spanish, you know, passion or whatever. Um, But he always seemed to care. But what I liked about him as well was as as an individual um, sort of, when he, when he was calm, he was very calm. He was very mm. sort of soft, spoken. You know, he did a lot of stuff with like any old irons and things yep. like that. He's obviously a very nice guy, but he's mm. got that, that absolute fire in him. And during a game, you know, you could always see it, but there's a few times where it properly came out. Like I remember there was a collision with um, Mario Balotelli and he ended up, I think, Balotelli kind of collapsed on him, if I remember correctly, and he basically kind of flipped him, and he had him pinned down, and he was <laughs> right in his face. And I remember from that moment thinking, right, because I thought at that point he was this really nice, calm guy. I was like, yeah, he's, yeah. A, he's a hard bastard. Yeah, but he yeah. could flip. Like, not I don't think he would very often, but if he needed to, he could. He you could know, switch. He'd go. Yeah, 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 he'd go. And I know exactly what you mean. Um, he's just, it's that, as you said, it's that fiery sort of Mediterranean temper, isn't it? It's like, he can just, he seems, kind of, and then we'll go just go off on one and it'll go crazy. And he he loved the dive, didn't he? He'd love the camera dive, didn't he? Sometimes of Adrian. Um, but it, it was such a, it's such a great character yeah. though. Like, not, he didn't just, you know, it wasn't just because he gave a shit. That was obviously the theme of mine, but yeah. um, he, he had a thing with the fans. I think he had that connection. Yes. That it's just undeniable. He actually cared that he played for the club. And mm. since then, you know, I, I did one of the things at the Players Project um, earlier in the year. And he did like a video message back uh, to the NL Dines to say, like, oh, I haven't forgotten about you. I used to love coming to see oh, you brilliant. guys hanging out with you. And I'm like, that, that to me just showed that he really, you know, there's something special yeah. about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, I agree. That's a great shout. Yep. Adrian is in. Let's go. Let's go left back. Jim, who have we got left back? Uh, I've gone with George McCartney. Oh, nice. Yeah. Again, I think he cared. And it's not the same kind of um, fiery temper or anything like that. But I just think he was he, he, he was a player who just gave his all. And I think when he left, it was one of those ones. Yeah, we've seen that over the years enough times when players left West Ham at the wrong time. Um, I think his wife wanted to leave, didn't she? She wanted to go back to, to Sunderland, I believe Something is the, like the yeah. rumour. Um, but yeah, I feel like it was it was a bittersweet goodbye. Well, it wasn't sweet at all, actually. No, it was just bitter. It was a bitter goodbye. I think players who knuckle down, and they might not be the sort of, um, sort of eye-catching players. They might not be you know, your fancy Dans, but just ones who knuckle down and do a good job yeah. and work hard. And I always think, you know, when there's a player who leaves like that and then comes back, and when sometimes it's the second time you see a player come back and you see actually how much they cared about the club, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. players who wanted to, to return. Um, yeah. So yeah, to me, he just seemed like he wanted to be there. 
yeah. and to, to put a shift in. I never seen to. I mean, when people talk about George McCartney, I never remember him making a mistake. You know, he probably probably did, but you know, it wasn't glaringly obvious. You know, some players you think about and you go, oh, yeah, I remember against Fulham where any bat passed and did I didn't get that. I don't get it with George McCartney. I can't remember anything he didn't that was wrong. Yeah, he just seems cool. there. Yeah, that's solid, nice. solid, and, and and cared. You know, that's. Exactly. Um, that's what you want. Right, okay, we'll put George in. Let's go, let's go right back, Jim. Let's go to the other side. Lucas Neil. Lucas Neil. Come on, Lucas oh. Neil. Again, right. just think great player. I think there was there was just something about there's something assured about him. Yeah. He's a leader. Um, again, he seemed like a committed player, he seemed like he cared. Um I think they, I think Liverpool were after him, weren't they, when yeah. he came to us? Yeah. And I remember reading afterwards that he'd had there was some was it Carragher had like basically said, if you come to this to city, I'll have your legs broken or something like that, um, which automatically <laughs> made me like him. Just thought, well, you've done enough to, to really piss off James Carragher. Yeah, yeah. Must be so <laughs> in you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, and it just always, again, like seemed like he gave a shit. Um, I'm going to need to stop swearing on your channel, sorry. Um, but, yeah, just uh, a hard worker, natural leader. There's just something a bit classy about him as well, I think. No, you're right. Uh, we had um, we had Anton on the channel, and he told a story of Lucas Neal basically saying, right, in the season, obviously the the, the great escape season. Um, he literally like called a meeting at, at the at the at the ground and said to other players, we're upstairs now. We're going to have a meeting. Uh, they all went upstairs, and Curbs and Mervyn Day were coming in, and he went, no, shut the door in their face. He went, right, players only, and literally went right. We don't want to. We don't want to be here. If you don't want to be here, if you don't want to play, f off and get out the door now. I'll kick you out. I'll kick. You know, go. Yeah, honestly, and that is it. And he was. And he. Do you know what? Like that, Anton. I got his newfound respect for Lucas Neil because he also made them. He also collected sort of. Um, I don't know. It's like a percentage of their win bonuses. He went around and, and took a percentage of everyone's win bonus and and gave it to the groundsmen, the cleaning ladies the the kit men because he because he said look at the end of the day if they're doing that if they're giving you a great surface already or or, or pressing your kit and they're not getting paid for it could you imagine what they would do for you if you did give them a little bit extra money and i was like do you know what you don't need enough of that you don't need none of that and that's, that's really nice that's a really really nice one. It's, it's like that nasa thing isn't it about everyone matters right down to the guy who empties the trash cans yeah. like everyone's a has a place in the, in the in that value chain that's exactly. that's really cool that's yeah really cool and because and everyone saw him as this money grabbing you know because he took loads of money and he you know fair play took but actually he was a proper captain and i didn't think of him in that in that way until anton and he was adam anton was really adamant about doing it doing the talking about him like that so i was like oh, fair play all right we'll go for it all right we'll put lucas new in let's go center backs then jimmy uh, james Tompkins. oh yes there's somebody who gives a shit there is, and I, one of the things I like about him is he doesn't really look like he doesn't not look like a footballer, no. but he also doesn't look like a footballer. He I looks like he, be, he looks like he should be a model or something. He looks like you know, like if you took Russell Brand and cut his hair and tidied him up a bit, yeah. he could he could be like you know a suave sort of model type. What I liked about him is that he was he did have this you know how would you call it a chiseled face or whatever yes. he wasn't bothered about getting stuck in at all yeah like he was 
and and obviously you know homegrown so there's always yeah. that bit of affection sorry. there for a player. james i mean, I mean james I'm sorry i put the wrong james in sorry he said james oh, that's all right sorry i imagine he's probably gonna come up next anyway but yeah anyway spoiler alert <laughs> carry on Tomo, yeah no i, t- I know yeah. you mean he had this like he was a good looking lad wasn't he but and also what i liked about him was he didn't mind filling in at right back. He played quite a few games at right back, I remember. Do you remember? It's like uh where we sort of didn't really have a right back and he just yeah. kept on I like that. Yeah. But I like Yeah, like well put willing to put a shift in. But I think as well he's got a bit of the the kind of um Adrian thing about him where he's very sort of unassuming generally, but when he has to, you know. I know when he's confronted or when he has to, you know, shout, put, you know, when, when the players need to put a shift in, yeah. he ain't afraid to use his voice. He's not afraid to like, you know, fucking get stuck in kind of thing. You can imagine yeah, him screaming, yeah, yeah. right? His face is pure stony. And then all of a sudden you can see that, like, come on, you know, pull your finger I know out. You mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. And, and it's, it's the same to like, to Adrian. Obviously when Adrian left, we were like, oh, it's all right. We've got his... He's only a subkeeper. Don't worry. Uh, we'll get this Roberto guy, and he looks all right. Yeah. And then, and and the same thing happened with Tomo as well, wasn't it? Tomkins went to Palace. Oh, it's all right. We got lots of centre backs. Then, like three, two or three centre backs got injured, and like we're scrabbling around for a centre back. And hindsight's a great thing, but uh, yeah, no, I, 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 I that. hindsight's a great thing for the club. But how many fans do you know who were like, "Oh, yeah, that sale makes sense." I don't remember yeah, anyone yeah. saying, "Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a great, that's a great piece of business." No. Nah. Even, even, I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah, you know, we they they got a cracking player for a really good deal. And yeah, was it like ten million or something? Something like that. It yeah. was 27, 27 or something, twenty eight at the time. You know, and it was. Uh, no, I I'm, I really like James Tompkins, and he just said, you know, he's an academy boy and West Ham boy, and you know, now this is the type. This is the time when you want them. You know, you want the people who are going to fight for the badge, and he did. He did. You know what I mean? He gave I, I, yeah right okay so who's gonna be your next center back i wonder james who <laughs> got it lined up Da-da. okay james james got it GP. there are many reasons why yeah james Collins deserves to be in everyone's team um he just absolutely gave everything yeah. everything um i like as well the fact that when he you know it was another one who got sold didn't didn't necessarily want to go and when he came back was clearly so happy to be back yeah. like this was his club uh well i know he's a cardiff boy but you know this this is i think this is where his, his heart really was yeah um but yeah just everything about him just an absolute warrior would put any part of his body on the line so he would put his bollocks in front of a ball to stop it going into the back of the net like just just the pure heart that like warrior heart yeah. And and also, you know, when, whenever you see any interviews with him, it just seems like such a nice guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're um, right. I mean, and and you, in the same way you talked about, you know, when when players come back, I mean, I think Collins came back a far better player than when he left. He came back as more of a, a veteran. An old, old, you know, so because he was, he was older, he had, you know, you know, bald head, you know, he just seemed more hard when yeah, he came back. You know what I mean? Well, you see old, old clips of him, and you're like, I don't ever remember James Collins being that sort of slender, and he wasn't. Like, his shoulders were big. He was, he was, you know, he wasn't very barrel chested, and he no. came back, and yeah, he was just. Like, and I, and I love a player who 
throws he always gives his shirt away at the end of a game you know I, I love that you know and he was like he'd always do that whether it was in chav corner or, or you know the new chav corner at london stadium type thing he'd love that he'd go into the corner and give his shirt away and you know i, I love that of a player i think you know it's like he just he really had an affection with the fans and he'd go away he'd go to away games and sit in the crowd um i mean you know look at him uh, I mean, he's be he was there for nine years. Someone like Winston Reed, this is his tenth year technically. We signed him in twenty ten, but it's all about personality and how you interact with the fans. You know, he's quite Collins is quite fiery. That sort of Welsh, you know, you know, sort of dragon attitude, and it really resonated. Where Winston Reed's more serene, quite you know, and, and it, it, it we we love a fiery personality at West Ham, don't we? Someone who looks like they're gonna. Like just go around for a fucking brick wall for you, and, and he would, wouldn't he? He would. Massive fan of his, right? Yeah. Okay, okay, that is a proper tough backline there. <laughs> Lucas Neal. I mean, Lucas Neal was a, was, a, was hard nut as well. Right. Okay, let's go. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Let's go. Let's go left wing. Who have you got on the left midfield, rather? Jim. Uh, Jack Collison. Oh yeah, nice one. I like him. I've got I've, I've got him lined up already because someone said him the other day. Carry on, Jack Collison. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I think West Ham is. Uh, well, I suppose most clubs would say the same thing, but West Ham. We seem to have this history of, um, you know, could have been. Mm. Uh, and I think yeah. Jack's one of the just yeah one of the saddest could have been. Um, I think you know. Under Zola, he seemed to be, I don't know, he just seemed like such a player. Yeah. He seemed to, and again, he, he cared. He, yeah. he cared a lot. You know, after his dad died and that stuff, like, there was just an yeah. awful, awful time for him. And he just carried on. Um, but yeah, he just seemed to have so much talent in him. Um, I always remember laughing at the way he kind of seemed to sort of be doing an aeroplane as he'd be running. Like, his, his arms always seemed to be kind of hanging out, didn't they? As he was like, yeah, yeah. weaving in and out of the ball. But yeah, and again, you know, I mean, I know he came to us when he was what, 16, 17 or whatever, but it's still it's an academy, academy yeah. lad. Um, he came through the ranks. And he's another one who seemed like his heart was at West Ham. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not a lot to say, you know, but he, but he wasn't, no, he wasn't a huge amount. His career wasn't as, as long as it should have been. And no. it's terribly sad that, that the injuries took it out of him. It is, and, you, and you're right in that sort of Zola period. Uh, you know, he scored. You know, before scored some cracking goals. You know, he was a he was always it was a solid when he played. As you said, he, he was one of those what could have beens. Um, and you know, obviously, he's doing some great stuff in Atlanta at the moment um, with the with the you know, coaching out there. And you know, love to see him back. He's you know, he's one of those ones who's primed to come back to the club. Really, isn't he? You yeah, know. He, so- I think the difference between him and a lot of the players I've picked is that it's not um, his passion wasn't like a fiery one. It yes. was just it was graft. Yeah. Like, like he clearly believed in in hard work and and like just giving giving everything he had. Um, and there's a lot of respect for that. You know, someone who's who's come through the ranks and yeah. earned their place, and then it's kind of like Rice, I guess, the way Rice is now come through the ranks, earned their place, and is consistently good. And just continues to improve. Yeah, I don't remember Jack having a bad game. 
No. You know, he's yeah. always going to be a seven out of ten, you know, seven out of ten player. And that's and as you said, he's not wasn't the fiery character, but he put a shift, you know, he put a shift in every time he put the shirt on. And that's what we want, you know. We're not in it for the football gym, are we? I'm not being funny. We well, back the wrong you yeah. back the wrong you <laughs> back the wrong buddy also. That was the case. Fucking hell. Definitely exactly. Right, okay. Um quick Jack. Okay, let's let's go, let's go uh other side, let's go right midfield. We've got right midfield. I've gone for Valen Barami. Oh, do you know what? I'm going to have to type that one in as we speak. Oh, yeah, so, big fan. I, um, yeah, I just, I think when he turned up with his like bleach blonde tips yeah. and all that, you just think, who's, you know, who's this geezer? What's he playing at? <laughs> uh, but again, I think he was hard. I think it's one of those ones you don't expect to be hard. Um, yeah. And again, maybe it's just like the, the pretty boy. I actually don't think he was particularly pretty. I think he looked a bit like a. <laughs> A puppet, but like I think you know, he, he obviously cared about the way he looked, and you always think with players like that that you know if they're going to be you know ponces, but no, he weren't. He he was a hard player. I remember, I'm sure it was Macclesfield, um, in a, in a cup game, and I think it was like our lowest ever attendance at Upton Park, for like 10,000 or something. I'm sure it was that game, and he um took an elbow to the face, yeah, and um, there was blood everywhere. And I think he actually broke a tooth and he stood at the edge of the pitch. So it wasn't, um, so I was in the chicken one, he was on my side. And he stood at the edge, got a bit of treatment and then went back on <laughs> with like half a tooth in his mouth or whatever was going on. Um, so I just think that is commitment. And it's not even necessarily commitment to West Ham. Maybe it's just he is a committed professional and he's like, yeah, all right, it's a bit of blood, patch me up, I'll go back on. But yeah. I remember that particular incident and thinking, fuck yeah, like you're, you're a proper player. You don't give a toss. Yeah. You just want to get there no, and do your right. job. And, and he had a proper engine. I mean, he was the first player of that sort of, in that sort of era. Who had, he had like, I remember he had an engine, like he would run. He was all over the place. He really was here, there, every effing where, weren't he? He just literally was never stopped running. Um, yeah. Gutted he didn't play enough for us. Cause I think he would have been, you know, because you know, I just think again, yeah, again, we get we get we get these sort of one two season wonders, and then that's it. You never see them again, and they 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 go off somewhere in Italy or whatever, and you know, and they then they reappear for like Watford, you know, which he did yeah. before. You know, it's like always the way in it, like him and Diamante as well, the same thing. Oh, yeah. And they come back. Uh, right, we'll put Val on in. Yeah, nice shout. Okay, we'll put Val in. Uh, central midfield. Fielders, let's go for your first one, Jim. Uh, Parker Scotty P, yeah, and again, I think very much in the in the same way as sort of described Jack, right? Just a committed um, professional. Mm. Um, it was, I mean, the fire did come out occasionally, um, <laughs> or mostly when we're you know fighting relegation, um, but I think most of the time he was a very level head on the pitch, yeah, and just again, a leader, never you know. Not captain, but might as well have been captain. Um, (laughs) Commitment, professionalism and dedicated. Like, just, I don't know. I feel like it kind of sounds weird, but it's like he was just committed to doing his job well. (laughs) No, I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. It was almost like at times, because he he didn't have a great team around him, to be honest. It was almost at times he thought, right, looking around, going, fuck it, I'm going to do it myself. And literally would. It was almost he physically, he mentally pulled his socks up and just, he would literally come off that pitch. 
crawling almost. He every he'd left. You know when they talk about leaving everything on the pitch, that was him. Even yeah. like when even when he was when he's going to go to Tottenham that Tuesday night, he was playing away, wasn't he? Uh, Watford or something like that, and he's still putting a shift. And he, yeah. he could have got an injury. That's exactly what I mean by, by the professionalism, you know, yeah. he, like you say, he was going to go, but he's not going to stop doing his job. He's still being paid to do his job. So, yeah, and he's, he's another one. I think he's, um, I think it was his dad, wasn't it? Who passed away, and he still went and played the next yeah. game. And and I think he scored. Did he score a brace in that game? I think it might Quite have possibly, definitely, yeah. Definitely yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, and I, I mean, I know some West Ham fans will have have this kind of weird ill will traitor syndrome with with Parker for who he went to, which I think is absolute bollocks. Oh. Like the bloke couldn't have done more for the club no. when he was there. Um it's not like you know Pyatt turning up for one season playing really well and then fucking us over. Like he he, yeah. he, he for a long time he played really, really well. And like you said, often yeah. surrounded by, by players who he kind of had to drag them along with him. Yeah. Um yeah, I've got nothing but respect for the book. No, I mean, yeah, no, and and also I think you know in, in I think it's a, his his longevity at the club shouldn't be or his sort of time at the club it will be lived through various other players. So obviously, you know, when Scott was being Scott, he had Mark Noble as his deputy, and yeah. so there's no surprising that Mark Noble he and, and Mark does those little turns that Scott used to. A little turn, it's like that's a Scotty turn, Scotty P turn. Yeah, turn. And I noticed the other day, Deck was doing a couple of Deck Scotty turns, so I, you know, it's almost like a circle of life thing, oh, you know. Club, it's like, so yeah, hopefully, a few more years with Deck, and there'll be another an academy boy coming through who he can he can teach a Scotty turn to. But, um, no, I, yeah, I'd have him back as manager. I really, I think he's doing a great job, he's doing a good job at Fulham. Um, you know, I just think. It's a West Ham, you know, he understands the club, you know, a bit like Kevin Nolan, you know, he understands the club. And I think, you know, managers managers come and go, but obviously, you know, players who make a difference, and he made a difference three years ago, you know, hammer the year three years in a row, won the footballers right, a player of the year, the season went down. When's that ever happened? You know what I mean? And I just thought he was brilliant. I did love him. I, you know, you knew, again, when he was on the, was he on the team sheet, you knew he was going to put a shift in. And, um, and yeah, it's just this weird thing that, he went to another club to earn money and play in the Premier League. And, oh, how dare he? How dare he want to play for England? And, you know, yeah. it's not like Trevor Brookin in the 80s. You know, he went went down and he stayed with us and played for England regularly. It doesn't happen nowadays. You've got to play in the top league. And, you know, footballers' careers are quite uh, short. So earn as much money as you can. I'll get haters for that, but it's true. You know, it's, well, it's, it's what it is. Slightly, slightly off topic, but not. You know the movie Shaun of the Dead? Nick Frost's character, the shit friend that holds people, that holds his mate back. I feel that sometimes that's how football fans are. You want to be that shit friend who yeah. holds back someone that you claim to really care about. And yeah. I know it's a bit of a cliche, but you know, if you love someone, sometimes you've got to let them go. <laughs> and if they, you know, if they're that much for that many years, then like, yeah. you know, you say like, if they want to play Premier League football, like, is that too much to ask? No, yeah, it's just, no, I don't think so. It's all right. Scott's in. Who's Scott going to partner in that middle? So basically, he's polar opposite personality-wise. So I've gone for Kevin Nolan. Oh yes, big fan, big fan of Kevin. Kevin Nolan is a footballer who, until he signed for us, I absolutely hated with yeah. a passion. But he, but that's the point. That is the point of Kevin Nolan. The point of Kevin Nolan 
is that you hate him unless he plays for your team. He is one of those people who is, you know, he might be a bastard, but he's our bastard. Exactly. Um, and all the things that he used to do that really pissed me off when he was playing for Bolton or Newcastle, when he was playing for us, I loved. Yeah. I loved it. I loved it when he'd get in a keeper's face. I loved it when the opposition fans would, you know, boo him or whatever and he just he'd smile he's got that thing about you know it's him and like Jermaine Defoe players like that who yeah. love it they hate it and he loved it he loved to wind people up I think it's just in his personality that yeah. he is a wine merchant and he doesn't take things too seriously therefore he knows he can wind other people up and they can't really get to him yeah um yeah just everything that he he did to piss off the opposition you know this this <laughs> we don't get much to to, to celebrate supporting West Ham so like those little moments those little cheeky moments where he used to do things like that it was you know it brought a bit of joy to the game no, but also not the fact he was a fantastic captain he was a complete leader on the pitch he was yeah. in that way he was an absolute professional as well even though he was a piss taker yeah so yeah no you're right and 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 he always had Christmas off so fair play you know what I mean so, yeah funny how he used to get booked at that time well, everyone knew it. It's like, you know, but what, one thing that has surprised me about Kevin Nolan since he's got, got back is why hasn't Antonio done the chicken dance after he scored? It's made, I, I, it's made, I thought I was thinking the hat trick, he should have gone over and done the chicken dance with Kevin yeah. on the, it's, I'm, why hasn't been done? I don't know if it's social distancing or what? Everything else. So like, <laughs> surely it's got to come up. It's got to come up. I just thought maybe like the other little Simpson thing he did, where he went around in circles on the floor. Maybe yeah. combine that with a chicken going around the floor. I'll have to have right. a word of him. I've got to have a word of him. I've got to get to him. You know, it's, it's made for it. I could even put, I don't know, the birdie song on for him for his celebration goal or something like, you know, it's something like that. You know, it's like, it's got to happen. Uh, right, put, put Kevin. And I mean, you know, since he's come, since he's come back, as part of the as his number as Moise's number two, I think he's a masterstroke because I think his personality. I don't think he was a great. I don't think he's a good manager, but I think he's a great coach in terms of a motivator. You see the effect he has on. You know, I remember that first game. That was it. Was it? I think was it Southampton game. Was his first game as number two, and he was up front and centre. Him and Moise, and you know, he just seemed a bit of. Oof. This is this is why he's in the in the give a shit eleven because I think you know. The reason they brought him back is because they probably want him to inspire that in other in, in yeah. our players to say, "Look, this is what you're playing for. This is why you're doing this, and you need to buck your ideas up." Yeah. No, I get that totally. Now, yeah, right, Kev's in uh, up front. Who's your first striker, then, Jim? Right, so I'm going to be cheeky. Um, I'm going to put someone up front who only recently started playing up front, and we just spoke about him, Mikel Antonio. Yes, good shot. You could put him anywhere. Really, he could, but I he's played everywhere, isn't it? So you might as well put my front here. Um, and I know it's cheeky because he's only just started playing up front, but I'm yeah, squeezing him in there. Um, just again, just a complete professional. And I love the fact that I was talking to someone the other day saying, you know, people saying oh, we need to sign better players. I don't think we need to sign, um, you know, go out to the to, to the European market and try and sign the best players. I think we need to find the best players in local, um you know, sort of uh, division, so like championship yeah, mainly, yeah, who, yeah. who are going to punch up, right? So people come to us from other leagues. It's a sidestep or it's a stepping stone. I've been sold a dream that when they get here, they realise, oh, hang on, this isn't it. You know, look yeah. at Payet, right? So after yeah. one season, 
complete lack of ambition and left. And to be honest, and he's another one I don't blame. But it's a player like Antonio, who for us sees us as a step up. Mm. You know, we've had that with Cresswell as well. So you, you get players yeah. who push up. But he's he's seen it as a step up, but he's constantly fought to be better. So I think that who was it? Was it Victor Moses we had at the time and on loan and, and Antonio couldn't get into the team? Possibly, yeah. I think it was him who was keeping him out. And then when he finally when he finally got played, we were like, whoa, who's this guy? Like he was he's just been fantastic and got better and better. He seems to be getting fitter as he's getting older, which is yeah. crazy. Um, but I'm really hoping that. Moyes is going to do, you know, a few people have already said this, right? I'm hoping Moyes is going to do to him what he did to Arnautovic and just um, transform him into <clears throat> out-and-out striker because yeah, what we saw on Saturday that is, is well, actually in the last couple of games, is not very Antonio. You know, usually he'll be through on goal and he'll blast it straight over. His, his shooting hasn't been yeah. ideal. Like he'll, he'll do all the hard work. He'll, you know, just barge his way through five geezers then get there and somehow blast it into the sky yeah. but the last few games he's been getting it just right he's been getting it bang on target I don't know what's going on I don't know if it's a Moyes thing or if it's a Nolan thing I don't know but I just feel like this might be a new dawn for him this might be yeah. you know his, his new career the, 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 always, the, the caveat with Antonio is always he's, 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 a, he's one run away from doing his hamstring do you know what I mean yeah. Every, you know because he's like and and he, he did, I remember last season he was getting ahead of steam, three or four really good games in a row. Then he gets something happens and then he's out and he gets not good and he's back another few games and you think hey, he's really good. <clears throat> I think I think you're you're totally right in terms of the the transfer strategy should be for next year. We've seen it with Bowen. You know, you get these hungry. I mean, I, I mean, when we signed Bowen, I was I was just excited as when we signed Dean Ashton because he was that young championship. You know, British player step up Premier League, and I mean, you know, Bowen's been a revelation. Similar with Suchek, you know, I mean, he's he's picked someone oh, from. He's I mean, he's brilliant, isn't he? And he's but he's picked someone from a relatively, not. I mean, he's always played Champions League football and stuff, but it's not one of the big five. You know, the big five leagues, and I think that's that's the blueprint. Um, and he said, Antonio, I, I just I just want him to have a decent partner up front. I just want him to play with. So if, I just want Haller to get his finger out and put his heart in it because I think them two would be with Bowen as well as a front three would be fucking unstoppable, honestly. Um, but hope yeah. To see it. yeah, we hope we get to see it. <laughs> you know, we've got got three more games and then we'll see what happens. <laughs> but, but, but and Antonio definitely just oh yeah, workhorse just works so Don't so stop. hard. Um, and I think that's because he's got that mentality of coming from the championship. Well, you know. He's, You've seen his career, right? Today, yeah. and he's, I think he's now making the most of it and, and working his heart, heart, out, heart out. You don't work your heart, out, do you? Yeah. you sound like Louis yeah, Walsh. Yeah. Uh, to, to to just to be his very very best, and maybe it's because I think he's thirty one, isn't he? So maybe he's saying like seeing, you know, well, how, how much more, how many more seasons yeah. have I got? I need to make sure I absolutely go out of a bang. Yeah, and he absolutely bosses the defense. You know, whether you know he's bulldoze, bulldozers over them. Doesn't matter who they are, he just he's just he's a walking muscle, isn't he? He's just hench. He's turned his next Traore from um, from Wolves, and oh. from the shoulders they look basically more or less the same. And then you look at the legs, and Traore looks like he's got another man's legs on because Antonio is yeah. a lot. Yeah, you know, he don't miss leg like, day, does he, Antonio? Oh, oh, it's like that Wolves game. Wolves game when 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 he got when in um, 
Adam Traore got got changed, and it's these muscles here when he he had the like it's those ones Trapped. he had the, yeah. But I don't know what they call. Fuck it, look at me, look at like I know what they call Jim. Come on, but he had that and he had a vest on, and I just went, oh my god, like this. It was just like this muscle man, and he's like Antonio is our muscle man. He's, he's yeah, he's just massive, and but he's a lovely guy as well, and he does so much for all the community stuff as well, you know, and that's why. And again, a lot of that like goes gets unnoticed as well because it, yeah, we don't doesn't publicise it and stuff. But um, no, yeah, and I, I think you're right. It's his upbringing and, and where he's come from makes a massive difference because you don't get like players nowadays who stay for ten years anymore. You know, it's all they're all like leave after three. If you get three years out of a play, you've done well, haven't you? Really nowadays, um, particularly sort of the more foreign based players. Right, okay, let's put Antonio in. And who's the last piece of the Dolan puzzle? Uh, Craig Bellamy. Craig Bellamy. Oh, I say yes. This Imagine is if Antonio was playing Craig Bellamy right now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what's what's there to say about Craig Bellamy? Um, apart from the fact he's played for basically everyone. Um, <laughs> I think, despite that, despite the fact he was this journeyman and he's, you know, moved around a bit, I just think, again, a committed professional, yeah. a guy who wants to be the best player he can be he wants to put you, know, you, you see lots of players with natural talent who don't do enough behind the scenes to, to look after themselves and don't take it seriously enough um whether it be you know partying all the time or smoking and drinking all the rest of it but Craig Bellamy just seems to me like a guy who just wants to be the best he can be yeah um and I don't think he wanted to leave us either like he, well I mean we'll never know for sure but he signed that new contract didn't he, he turned down the, the move signed a new contract and then they sold him anyway um but yeah just he always seemed like he worked hard for for, for the club. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just felt like he wanted to be there. Maybe I'm yeah, just, right. you know. No, I, I agree. I think, it, and, and, and again, when I was what should have been, what should have been, you know, it was that it was going to be Bellamy and Ashton. What could have been, oh, you that, know, like right, Dean Ashton. He he almost made it in just for because, you know, he's Dean Ashton. But yeah. Uh, but they would have been our Cotty and Macaveni, you know. I, I really think so because, you know, they they would have been perfect together as a, as a two. And um, yeah, I mean, the stars were there; they just didn't align properly, you know. Never so many should have been for us and, and yeah. near misses. Um, yeah, yeah I mean, for, for him, I mean, what Man City did there is actually probably similar to what I was just talking about for us, right? Except at the next level up, they went, they got all that money in, they bought Rubinho or whatever. Um, instead of going around poaching all the big players, they made that one marquee signing and then went around to every other team and went, right, I'll have your best player, I'll have your best player, I'll have your... and then worked their way up like that. And, you know, Craig yeah. Bellamy was was that best player. Like, they, they yeah. took a guy who was clearly very talented and did a great job. Yeah, no, exactly. And obviously that concludes the 11, the give a shit 11. <laughs> Jim, it's been absolutely brilliant, man. Chatting to you, I've really, really, really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for your time. Well, um, it's been great fun, and obviously, thanks to everyone for watching as well. Um, you know what to do like, share, subscribe. Again, humbled, you know, I don't know seven, eight weeks ago, you know, when I thought, count this crazy idea, and uh, now we've got uh, 1200 subscribers and over 100 guests. It's absolutely mental. Um, and until next time, for me and Jim. Take care, everybody. There's only one way to uh, to finish. Cover your irons. Cover your eyes. Cover, Jim. <laughs> Take care, everyone. See you later. And stay safe. Bye-bye, man. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.
I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun, for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.